This week up, we're going to take a look at Zoetis. It is a pharmaceutical company focused in the health in this focused in the pet space. It was spun out from Pfizer many years ago. This stock has absolutely crushed over the last nine years, producing 350% capital appreciation or almost 500% with including dividends over the last decade. An absolute monster return in the last decade. Can they do it again? I'm going to show you how to value this business. We're going to build a forecast. We're going to figure out if you bought it today, held it for 10 years, how much you can make. You ready? Let's get to work. When we're looking at any stock, I encourage you to read the 10K, read the annual reports. Uh, for this channel, what we try to do is we look at five key attributes are, that are the foundation for valuing a business. Uh, those five key attributes are as follows. Number one, top line revenue growth. We want to see that growing. Number two, earnings growth. We want to see EBITDA growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. Number four, low debt. And number five, a well-priced stock. We want to see stocks that can outperform the stock market. So you want to buy something at a reasonable price. This channel is dedicated to the rational cash flow buying uh, investor, someone that's going to own a stock for 10, 20, 30 years. That is what equities are meant to be. They're not designed to trade. You have no idea what tomorrow is going to yield. And any movement in the stock price day to day has nothing to do with the underlying business itself. So why play that game? Zoom out, focus on what you want to accomplish 10, 20 years from now, and go find a company that you believe will achieve that own it and go live your life. Go do something else. Okay, Zoetis is a pharmaceutical company. They make drugs that are used in uh, animal care, both in the industrial side, the farming side, so for food production, for protein production, and then for pet health care. Uh, behind me is a chart you can see where they derive their revenue from. Uh, number one, most of it is in the United States, $4.3 billion of revenue, but in terms of the total, that's roughly 70% of their revenue comes to the United States. They have a healthy international business, which is nice if you believe the dollar is going to continue to uh, decline, then businesses that have revenue outside the United States that are in local foreign currencies, as the dollar falls in value, if it does, the foreign currencies translated to the reporting currency of the dollar will be higher and hopefully offset some of that dollar depreciation. We'll see what comes of it. In terms of their overall breakdown, you can see within the United States segment, they are dominated by cats and dogs. 70% of their, their, uh, uh, their, their products go to that industry, that segment, and they sell their products to the veterinary uh, clinics and to third parties that sell into the veterinary pharmacy. So they're not selling directly to the retail customer. They sell at the wholesale to uh, the veterinary clinics. The veterinary clinics administer the, uh, the prescription drugs to the animals. The interesting thing about the pet business, as I was reading through this, uh, there is very little uh, generic competition. Surprisingly, because there's no big insurance provider for, or most people don't have health insurance for their pets, uh, they are, there's, there's no overarching presence to push for generic drugs in the, uh, in, the, in the pet industry. And because the pet business itself is smaller than global healthcare for humans, some of the big boys like your uh, Pfizer, uh, your Moderna's, your um, uh, Merck's of the world don't play in the space as big and it allows this business to grow. 
And then if we look at the international space, where do they sell their products internationally? 50% dog and cat, but they have a lot more kind of industrial animal production for, for, um, for protein, cattle, uh, swine, poultry, fish, and so forth. A very interesting drug portfolio that they have. They have something like 6,000 uh, patents for the drugs that they use. Um, so very interesting company. Let's figure out how, what their P&L looks like and go through the income statement. All right, I'll break down the income statement for you. For this business, top line revenue, $8 billion in 2022. That's up from $7.7 .7 billion in 2021. That's up from $6.6 .6 billion in 2020. Cost of goods sold, uh, $2.4 billion last year. It looks like general administrative expenses, $2 billion, and then some others for a profit of $2.6 billion last fiscal year, earnings before income tax. That's up from $2.5 billion the prior and up from $2 billion prior to that. So the business top line revenue has been growing, earnings have been growing the last couple years. Let's take a look at the cash flow statement. So cash flow statement looks pretty strong here. $2.1 billion of net income down to $1.9 billion of op cash flow from operations. If I scroll down, they've got $586 billion, excuse me, $586 million of um, CapEx. And then we look down on their, their, their debt profile. Um, they're, they're not doing, there's, there's not doing much in the debt profile. So I think this business is pretty clean in terms of income statement and cash flow. Uh, let's take a look at historical information to see how they're performing. Zoetis has performed very well over the last nine years when we look historically. On average, revenue has grown 7% annually over this last se seven years, over this last nine years. In 2014, the revenue is $4.78 billion. That grew to 5.3 by 2017. 6.67 by 2020, and then finally last year they produced eight billion dollars of top line revenue over that um, over that eight year period nine year period of time. That's an average of seven percent annual growth rate, which is a very steady mid single digit uh, top line revenue generator. Phenomenal. If we look at earnings, earnings outperformed that growth rate. So that means margins are widening as this business gains scale, which is great. That's what we want to see. 1.33 billion of earnings on 4.7 billion of revenue in 2014. That was a margin of 28%. And then as you go forward in time, that margin grew to 40% last year. So EBITDA 1.3 in 2014, 1.49, 1.69, 1.9, 2.1, 2.4, 2.7, 3.2, and $3.3 billion last year in 2022 on $8 billion of revenue is a 40% margin. So margins have grown from 28% to 40% over that period of time, producing an annual earnings growth of... 12% on average. Debt for this business has been very reasonable. 3.6 billion over time to 8.1 billion. It's grown, yes, but it's grown in line with earnings, so it should be manageable. Cash on hand, they actually have a sizable amount of cash on hand. If I take $1 billion and say, hey, you need a billion dollars to run the business, and anything above that I will consider as excess cash. They had $2.5 billion of excess cash, meaning $3.5 billion total cash on the balance sheet 
end of fiscal year. I like that a lot. Market cap has responded here with earnings growth. 21 billion of market cap grew to a high, a high of 116 billion. It's come off significantly. Now it's 70 billion dollars of market cap. Uh, but that market cap growth of 16% is relatively in line with what we saw with EBITDA growth over this period of time. Debt looks very in line. So 1.7 times leverage over this period of time. Enterprise value to EBITDA is a premium here. So obviously, it looks like the market is responding to a stock that's got uh, you know, patented products, uh, subscription revenue model because you're kind of on the drug, you have to take it. Um, it's, it's growing both top line and bottom line. Bottom line margins are expanding. That is giving a premium price to the stock. You can see that reflected in this kind of 24 times enterprise value uh, market multiple. It was as low as 19 times, and it's been as high as 37 times, recently come down to 22 times EBITDA. If we look at free cash flow, is free cash flow representing um, uh, cash, uh, EBITDA? Is it following EBITDA? Yes, it is. Free cash flow is growing at 18% annually. It started at $600 million, it has grown to $2.25 billion. I've made an adjustment here for some one-time items last fiscal year, but overall, uh, this cash flow is growing nicely in line with what EBITDA is going. CapEx, CapEx itself is growing as they reinvest into their manufacturing capabilities. And if you look at the spread here between cash flow operation and CapEx, this spread, the difference between how much jack they have at the end of the fiscal year in cash, pure cash money, that's what this is. This is hard cash money that they generated by running the business. They have $2.2 billion of cash sitting on the table at the end of the year. What do they do? They peel off $586 million to go back, invest into the manufacturing facilities. And what's left, this difference here, this 2.2 minus 5, like 1.7 billion, that because they don't have to pay down debt, they have plenty of coverage room here that they can afford that, that they have. That means that this, this cash flow, if I were to zero out this debt, this 1.7 billion, 1.66 billion flows through to the equity owners, you and I who buy the stock. This is what companies are valued on. This is what um, you want to grow as, a, as, as an investor, and it's what everyone's betting on when they buy a stock, what next year's number is going to be. 1.6 uh, billion divided by the 470 million shares outstanding means they're making $3.50, cents, 54 cents. Uh, a year of free cash flow. That is what the value of the stock is based on. And if it's trade, the stock price last year was $145. That's a cash flow yield of 2.4, which is low. This channel, I want to see something at six, seven, eight, ten times, ten percent. That is a high free cash flow yield. This is low at 2.4, reflecting the premium paid by investors because they expect this growth to continue. Where do we go from here? So we need a forecast. And what we learned when we looked at historical patterns is that the revenue is growing on average of 7% a year and EBITDA is growing at 12% because EBITDA margin is growing 28% to, to 41%. Well, that growth rate of earnings is not going to continue as long as um, it has because margins can only grow so much. So at some point, re earnings growth is going to come down and fall in line with revenue growth. And that's basically what I'm assuming here. I'm assuming 7% earnings growth, so the margins were not going to continue to expand. It's at 40% that's already pretty big. It's not going to go to 50. It could come down, frankly. 
but I'm gonna say that they're gonna grow earnings in line with revenue 7% for the next decade. And I'm gonna trade this in an 18 times market multiple, which is less than the current market multiple. In fact, it's really never been that cheap. If I look historically, I have a hard time personally paying for stock that's at 20, 30 times, especially if it's growing at single digit long term. So to be fair to myself, I'm gonna give it an 18 times market multiple. And what that means is it means it's gonna give me $117 billion of enterprise value, less debt plus cash gives me 112 billion of market cap. Divide by the shares outstanding, I get a price target of $238 out long term for this stock. If I take the same methodology and apply it to free cash flow. Remember we said free cash flow last year was about $3.50. If I grow that at 7% a year, I get a long-term forecast of just shy of $7 a share. If I put a yield on that, but 3.5%, right, it's 2.5 now. I'm gonna give a little cushion, so I raise the yield requirement, still a premium yield, 3.5. That gives me a price target out 10 years for $200 for this stock. Okay, now that we've established our, our forecast for the stock, we know we're, we're roughly $200 a share for free cash flow method and EBITDA market multiple method. I'm at $238. Split the difference, 218. Okay, all right, 218. Now I have a forecast. Now let's look in the, in the price and see what the price of the stock actually is in the stock market. I could buy as much as I want for $166. Is that a reasonable price? Let's find out. That enterprise value is six is $83 billion. Next year forward earnings, we expect 3.5 billion. That is paying a 23 times market multiple. And over time, that market multiple is gonna come down to 18 because growth is gonna moderate on the stock. The same thing here on a free cash flow yield. If we expect $3.80 the forward free cash flow, you're paying 2.3% on a cash flow yield, this number divided by that number. But over time, that yield's gonna go up as growth moderate. So that's gonna weigh on the price appreciation that you can have in this stock. And I think it's gonna limit the return on what potentially is a wonderful company. So let's put this in an IRR. If I bought the stock today at $166, I get this stream of cash flow out at 218. That is a 6% annual yield, which is below our return estimates. So let's recap the five key attributes here. Number one, top line revenue growth. Yes, it's growing. Number two, EBITDA, earnings. Yes, it's growing. Number three, strong free cash flow. Absolutely. Number four, low debt. Number five, well-priced. No, it's not. In my opinion, I think I'd like it a little bit cheaper. Now, is this a wonderful company? Absolutely. I think it's a very interesting company. It's one of those one-pagers that I would print out. If you're part of the Cash Flow Club, I'd print that out, I'd put it aside, and I'd let it rest for a while. And if by some miracle the stock comes down, I think it becomes very attractive. So for this reason, right now, I'm gonna give it a meh. Because I like the stock. It's very interesting. I like the sector, um, and, um, and I certainly like those margins of 40%. Uh, but I don't want to pay too much of a premium. And right now, I think the stock could come down in price, so I'm going to continue to watch it. If it does come down in price, uh, you know, I'd be a buyer at $120. Uh, that's kind of where I would start buying it um, if I'm interested in the stock. Right now, with the current forecast, it's a 6%. If the stock price comes down, I expect that return would go up. This is Rational Investing. My name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you very much for watching the channel. If you have any comments or suggestions on what to see next, shoot me a note or drop me a, a comment down below. 
hit that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate it. If you're interested in learning how to analyze stocks, I do teach a course at cashflowinvestingpro.com where I give you this Excel template and I teach you how to be an analyst. Uh, my, my day job is I'm a CFO and I run companies for, I've run finance for companies. I've taught many analysts that I've worked with how to become professional analysts and help them in their careers. I'm happy to help you if you need help. Please reach out. I'm happy to do what I can to, to help you get where you want to go. My name again is Cameron Stewart, CFA. This is Rational Investing, where investors look for cash flow. Uh, check out the website, and you can down in the description below. You, there's a link to a free one pager where I review a stock, give you a one page summary that's got 10 years of financial information in the stock, a, a forecast for free cash flow, and EBITDA, and a little write up on what we think the stock is going to do. Thank you very much for the time. Have a good day. Bye bye.